This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, when you grow up in a military family, it's easy to see why you believe you belong in the military, right? Our next guest certainly thought so. She was the fourth generation of her family to sign up for being a soldier. Yeah, fourth. But things did not work out the way that Kelly Thompson had anticipated. As you can read in her memoir, Girls Need Not Apply, Field Notes from the Forces. Kelly is with us now. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. What was the process like writing the book? painful. <laughs> it and actually, yet she laughs, yeah. <laughs> it started out as fiction, actually. And uh, I was doing my master's here at UBC. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just wasn't working. I was trying to do a fictional piece. And I had the women uh, in Afghanistan. And because I, I felt that's what I needed to do to have women taken seriously, put them in a combat role. Right. And then I realized uh, a lot of my personal experience was infusing it. And so I ended up um, switching it to memoir because it m- came across more genuine. And so I think I avoided doing that initially because it still hurt too much. Once I had a bit of time and distance from it, um, it became kind of healing at the same time. You have one grandfather who was a World War II veteran, yeah. another who was a Korean War veteran. Your dad also served um, in Golan Heights, yes. among other places. At what point, Kelly, did you realize as a teenager, oh, uh, this is what I'm going to do? I never wanted to. Ever. I mean, it was the thing I said I was never going to do it. I was never going to join. It was not the life for me. I was about to start my degree in professional writing. And then 9-11 happened. And to watch something so profoundly change our world, and then military families automatically go, well, what does this mean for us? Because you know that your loved one's now going to be shipped to another part of the world Mm -hmm. in danger, and it's scary. Um, I also really wanted that education and I got my education paid for. Um, It just at that moment seemed like the thing to do. And what did your parents think at that moment? Was that something they had always wanted for you? Had they encouraged you, discouraged (laughs) you? No, they they never brought it up, never pushed one way or the other. But I did, we giggled a lot that um, I think they used to worry that I'd be sitting on a street, like we'll write you short stories, for dinner, you know, I think they worried a degree in writing. What was I going to do with they that? They wanted you to be able to support yourself. They wanted me to live. Yeah. And um, I don't regret it. Certainly, I don't regret joining, but it just wasn't the life for me. When did you realize that? <laughs> I think the, the moment I arrived at basic training, although I think we all feel that that insecurity right. that, we, that we're just not quite enough. Um, I was so arty and I like makeup and I like to paint my fingernails and I wanted those things to coexist and they they just couldn't in that environment. Uh, So I felt like I was having to tone down who I was. I don't think I ever actually thought about leaving. I was medically released for an injury, so I didn't actually leave by my own choice. So I wonder how long I would have stayed, even though I knew it wasn't the life for me and that I wasn't happy. But I felt like I was contributing to something bigger and that's what got me up going to work every day. Right. How long were you there for? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. So you did serve quite a bit of time. I and, did. Yeah. And what, so what was what kind of roles were you put into? Uh, I was mostly working, I, I mean, I, did pay, I was a paper pusher. So I worked in human resources and I specialized in casualty administration. So um, that would be hard. It's tough work. It was my final posting where I was really wor- finally working in that environment. And uh, it hurts your heart. By the time I was medically released, it was probably mentally becoming time to go. 
And when you learn that, when you realized, okay, when you saw kind of the mental impact, the PTSD that all this that was having on soldiers, what was that conversation like with your parents? Because your dad also had some trauma, didn't he? Yes. My dad struggles with PTSD and has really gifted me with the opportunity to write about it and to trust me to do that is a really big thing. Um, I think we have forgotten a little bit about how it's not normal to witness such devastation to other humans, to animals, to all these things that we're a bit buffeted from in Canada for the Mm -hmm. most part, for the most part, I say, uh, as a side note. But um, so I think for that reason, he... I had this great understanding of what it meant to grow up with someone with trauma and then how to support other people who are going through the same thing. And often in the military, it's you just want to talk to someone who gets it Mm -hmm. and who won't judge you. And that can be a slippery line in the military. You don't necessarily know who you can talk to about those things. You sound like you speak from experience on that. Well, I think I covered up, you know, a lot of the things I read about the sexism I faced in the military that was so pervasive and constant. I really didn't look at it as harassment until I got out. Uh, I mean, I was having my chest openly groped at work functions and and I don't know how that didn't register as being, I mean, I knew it was inappropriate, but I, at the time I almost told myself, well, I knew I was what I was kind of getting into. But I didn't. What I was getting into was what I understood of what the military was from my family's perspective, but their perspective is from white men. And I was a woman, and that made it very different. And so when that was happening to you, what was going through your mind? Did you think, oh, well, it's just, you know, people, it'll be fine once they sober up? Or like, what was your reaction to that? It was devastation that the only way it seemed where I got to belong was when my body came with it. So instead of being appreciated for intelligence, for what I felt like I brought to the table, for compassion, I was instead valued for my body, and that's what it always seemed to slip into. So was that, do you think, the message that was was and is being sent then, um, to go along is to get along, and that's how you belong? Absolutely. And also because women especially were trying to prove that we belong there. And instead, it would be nice if we saw the military... including policies that support what different skills women bring to the table, which might not necessarily be physicality, so that we don't feel like we have to compete in that regard. And instead, we can just be on even keel for what we bring to the table. Do you think any of that has changed? Yes. Yes, absolutely. For the better? When I I was in the military, I was actually writing a blog for Chatelaine for a while. And uh, I was totally within my legal rights to do so. Uh, I informed my boss and everyone. And then a general CSIS picked up this, I don't know, found a file, made up a file on the fact that I was writing this blog. I got called in off leave to come sign a memo. Was I sure I wanted to write this? Was I willing to risk my career? It was ridiculous. I was literally writing about what it's like to wear a uniform and go to a mess dinner. Now, 10 years later, here's a book about sexual harassment in the military. And I'm pointing some pretty serious fingers and instead, bases are calling me and asking me to come speak. Really? That's change. That's moving in a beautiful direction. So if you recognize there's a problem and you want people who understand it to help change it, I think that's magic. So when you go, that's also a tough crowd too. So when you go to do some of these talks, what's your message? <laughs> I haven't gone yet. The oh. first one's in January. Um, my message is we are like you, but we are not like you, and we can all coexist together. And that having fun and having comradeship and trusting each other with our lives um, in all these different environments yeah. and scenarios 
can coexist with respect. Right. Do you think that when you go to do these talks, because I'm sure you're in the process of planning what you're going mm-hmm. to say, that you will bring up some of these really awful incidents from yes. your book? Will you say, listen, this happened to me. This Absolutely. happened to me. Yeah. And I think... And I think studies are showing too that when we un- when we see someone who has lived an experience that maybe we don't understand, but we know them as a person or we feel like we know them, there's sort of uh, you can change minds in that mm-hmm. way. Um, I think about the woman who was raped on court while we were on course, and the way she was heralded out to re-traumatize herself by t- having to tell us all what happened in front of the whole platoon, uh, the the women in the platoon. When Why? men. Why were they doing that? That's an excellent question. Basically, I felt it was to shame her to go on about how she'd been drinking and we should all be careful to not be drinking. And she was breaking the rules by having someone in her room at an hour which men weren't allowed to be in women's rooms. It was ridiculous. And we would, when I say that to other men, they're horrified. But this was 10 years ago. This was not a long time ago. Um, So I think when they hear more of those stories and understand what it is to have to trust people with your life, but also to somewhat fear them. There's no comfort in that. It sounds like you're hopeful. Then. Very. Yeah. 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 It will keep changing. Uh, it's why when people ask me, oh, maybe women shouldn't join the military, kind of taking from the title that that's what I'm saying. It's not. I'm saying you have to go in as a woman, not a girl, because you have to be very confident in what you're willing to stand up right. for. And we don't change without women, female leaders. Kelly, thank you so much for your time thank on you this today. Thank you for having me. Uh, Kelly S. Thompson is our guest. She's a former captain in the Canadian Armed Forces. Her new book is called Girls Need Not Apply, Field Notes from the Forces. You can pick it up today. I think you'll really enjoy it.